You are listening to Feast Radio, bringing God's love and grace on air. Listen to significant and heartfelt messages you can reflect on and pray about. May this message help prepare you to face challenges, follow your dreams, and open yourself up to God's unlimited blessings. This is our testimony. Hello, good afternoon, good evening, good morning, wherever you are. Welcome to the Feast at Home here in Feast Gig. I'd like to say hi to all those who are here joining us for the first time. If this is your first time, please type in the chat box that this is your first time and we will try to reach out to you so that hoping that this experience will be life-changing for all of you. Yes, I just want to praise and thank God because He is good. We just finished the Jesus encounter and uh, we, uh, we are so blessed because this morning we experienced God's power, God's manifest uh, power through the Holy Spirit, and uh, we are we are so grateful. We also want to say hi to those who have been joining us for the for the longest time, and uh, we want you to be interactive. Please share the link. Okay, share the link. It is important for you to share the link so more and more people will uh, will, will uh, catch. This live stream, whether they watch it on live or replay, the Word of God is still as effective. The Word of God is still as powerful. It can still transform lives. Brothers and sisters, we are still in our series, The Clash. Okay, we are still in our series, The Clash. And um, if, uh, yes, The Clash. Okay, I'm just fixing my presentation here. Uh-huh. So. We are still the, in our series, The Clash. The culture, a clash of culture, kingdom, and comfort. And I want you to join me as we pray our favorite prayer here at the feast as we start. We're still deep diving into the gospel according to Matthew. We're still deep diving according, uh, you know, taking it verse by verse. And we've been doing this. The Gospel according to Matthew for almost two years. Yeah, close to two years now, and we're not yet done. That's how rich God's Word is. That's how rich and life-giving God's Word is. And uh, just just uh, stick with us, and uh, we will finish Matthew in a, in a few weeks. But uh, today, I want us to focus on the one big message for today and our topic for today, the title of our talk is Love versus Love. Love versus Love. And uh, I, I enjoin you, ask you to join me here now in our favorite prayer here at the feast. This is uh, God's declaration of abundance over our lives for you, for me, and for all those who are willing to receive them. Come on, let's pray together this favorite prayer. Today, I receive all of God's love for me. Today, I open myself to the unbounded, limitless, overflowing abundance of God's universe. Today, I open myself to God's blessings, healing, and miracles. Today, I open myself to God's word so that I become more like Jesus every day. Say this with me. Today, I proclaim that I'm God's beloved. I'm God's servant. I am God's powerful champion, and because I am blessed, I am blessing the world. In Jesus' name, amen 
and amen. Father, have your way in us today. Father, speak to us in a very personal way. Father, meet us where we are. Meet us where we are, O Lord God, and just allow us to experience your embrace, your grace, wherever we are or whatever situation or level or circumstances we're in. Father, we pray that you come, that you come, O Lord God. Come and bless our days. Come and bless our, our situation. Come and bless everything that we care about. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Okay. So, uh, huh? again, welcome to Feast at Home, all of you. Um, this, is also, this also has to be interactive. You have to, 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 to type. If you, if you hear anything that blesses you, please type it. Look, brothers, sisters, you know, you cannot just keep quiet. You cannot stay silent. When you know that it's God speaking to your heart, go ahead. Go ahead. All right? Our one big message, our one big message for today is God is waiting for you there. God is waiting for you there. In the history of man and our salvation, God has always initiated. He is the first one who initiates. He is the first one who reaches out. And I want you to understand this about our God because this is God's nature. God loves you so much that he will do everything so that you will be saved. God loves you so much and, and he will do anything so that he can reach you. God's ears are not too dull to hear you. God's hands are not too short to save you. And the message is God is waiting for you there. How do you know when, how do you say that someone is close to God? Is it because he's prayerful? Is it because he is praying 24 hours a day or maybe 36 hours a day? Is he, um, is he um, very pious? Does he speak slowly with a low tone? Does he speak um, very softly? I, you've heard the, 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 the phrase or the expression, Uy, mauuntog na yan sa langit. Uy, laman yan ng simbahan. Is that, is that really how we should define people who are close to God? And here's the thing. Today, we will discover that being close to God has a different definition if you're going to ask Jesus. If you're going to ask Jesus, it, it takes on a different meaning. It takes on a different um, um, understanding. And uh, brothers and sisters, yes, yes, it is different. God is waiting for us there. But, but, you know what? I believe that Jesus' definition of someone who's close to him will just blow your mind away. All right? It will blow your mind away. Um, here's, here's something that I want to share with you. Um, one time I went to Brother Bo and I asked him, Brother Bo, aren't you scared or intimidated or worried about this phenomenon started in the U.S. called PK, Preacher's Kids? This is a phenomenon because case after case after case, 
we have we've heard about the preachers kids the kids of preachers famous evangelists who come out on tv famous church leaders they are the ones who who make trouble usually pk are kids preachers kids okay at least in 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 those cases in the us are are the ones who do not believe in what their dads are doing and if you study deeper and you take if you take a closer look at it the reason is a lot of them feel that god because all the preachers i i know how hectic the schedule of a preacher is and uh, i know how busy i can be if i if, if i'm not careful and these preachers kids did not want to have anything to do with with church because they felt that god stole their fathers their parents from them that's why one day i asked bo bo aren't you worried and how do i how do i make sure that my son ziki or my wife tessa will not feel that way and bo just advised me to always be there always be there when they need me there are, there are occasions you know i may not be there when we have dinner all the time but when there are important occasions i'm telling you this is important okay this is something that you should learn if for for the milestones in their lives please make sure that you're there their first football match their birthdays their graduation days all these because they will know and understand that even if sometimes you can't join them on the dinner table sometimes you can't join them because you're 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 abroad they will know and, and know and appreciate that when it is important you are there you are there here's a fact a lot of people a lot of people um they 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 use church they use religion they they use religious activities to actually run from god some people use religion to run away from god and what do i mean by running away from god i i mean i i, I don't really think that they do this on purpose but brothers and sisters maybe they have they've had a, a wrong interpretation of what it is to serve god and what it is to give your life to god yes i i i believe and i and i look up to people who've given their whole lives to god and actually i know some who are just thinking about the things of god and and that that's fine with me but 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 i believe that that god wants us to be in places different places in our lifetime and in every different place god is waiting for us there again i say that i don't think no, anyone wants to run away from god and anyone does this goes to church so that they can run away from god but a lot of people maybe because of our frailty myself included maybe because of our weakness we try to hide and we try to run away from our responsibilities at home our responsibilities in our relationship our responsibilities in the community and we run away and hide from all of these in church 
And and it's 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 very sad that these days we can see a lot of these circumstances, a lot of these situations. But the truth is, God is waiting for you there. God is waiting for you in your relationships. God is waiting for you in your father-son relationship. God is waiting for you in your in your husband-wife relationship. God is waiting for you at home. God is waiting for you um, in, in, in your family reunions. Are you getting what I'm saying? Let's not do that. Let's not run away from God. And and I, 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 you may, we may not know it, but we need to be aware. We need to be aware and we need to understand this. That's why I tell our brothers and sisters who volunteer, if they have anything to do, if they have important things to do with family, I tell them, go, go take care of your family first because it is also a calling. It is also a calling. When I was single, I could, I could serve the Lord 24 hours a day because I did not take care of anyone. I was not responsible for anyone. But when I got married, I, I started, and, it, and it, it, it was a hard thing to do, I started to say no. I, I, I needed to say no to some things so that I can say yes to the more important things, like being dad to Ziki. Like being husband to Tessa. One time, my heart broke. And my heart broke. It was so painful that I shed tears over this. When, when I heard my son make a comment that, that, that his dad wasn't there too often. And, and it really broke my heart. Because I knew that even if I was doing a good thing, serving God, serving all the ministries, running several organizations under the light of Jesus' family. I still felt bad and I really cried over that because I know that I am a father to Ziki before I'm anything else. God is waiting for you there. God is waiting for you there. Okay? That's the introduction. <laughs> Let's get to the main talk. Okay, let's get to the main talk. I'll just give you a brief backgrounder. Um, last week, we talked about uh, a question that was propounded on Jesus. And this is a series of three questions. The first question was asked by the Pharisees. And last week, the second question was asked by the Sadducees. And this is a comeback. This is a... Uh, 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 this is a, a second time that the Pharisees will come back and try to trap Jesus. Okay. Okay. Because this is uh, payback time. Um, so they were, they were uh, silenced when Jesus answered the first question and the second question. And, and maybe the Pharisees were thinking at this time, okay, try to answer this. And this time we're going to get you. We're going to get you. So three uh, the third question, let's go to Scripture. Let's go to sacred Scripture in Matthew chapter 22, verse 34. But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees last week with his reply, they met together to question him again. One of them, an expert in religious law, tried to trap him with this question. Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law 
of Moses. Again, I want to say that they were trying to trap him. They were trying to make him say the wrong thing so that they will have a reason to arrest him. They will have a reason to file a case against him because I guess that's how insecure people, um, that's how insecure people uh, uh, try to cover up for their insecurity. You see that ev every day in our society. Not, not, not dealing and resolving the point, but going to other things. And, 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 and so that was, that was the thing. That's what they were trying to do. Okay, let's continue. Jesus replied. Wait, wait. Before that, I just want to say that they were trapping him. Because Moses, um, the Mosaic law had 613, <coughs> excuse me. Mosaic law had 613 laws. And they were expecting that, you know, um, when they said, which is the most important of all the commandments, they were saying, they were expecting that Jesus was going to single out a commandment from the 365 don'ts and the 248 do's of the 613 laws. They were expecting that he would single something out and then they will catch him there. But but again, Jesus knew what was what they were thinking. He's God after all. He was he, he's God after all. So he answered him this way, them this way. Jesus replied, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. So Jesus answered them very, very um how do you say that? Intelligently and very straight to the point. Jesus did not quote any of the 613 laws, but Jesus quoted the law that they knew even they, when they were kids. Because as a Jew, this is the first thing that we're taught to kids. And this is what we call the Shema. Shema. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4. Shema means listen, hear, and it's actually the, the if you if you uh, if you try to quote it, it says, "Hear, O Israel, the Lord thy God is one God. You shall love the Lord your God." And Jesus quoted this. Jesus quoted this, the law that they knew, so they couldn't they couldn't refute it. They couldn't pin Jesus down because they taught their kids this thing. They taught their kids. This Shema is, um, it's, it, you know, in, in houses in, in Israel, uh, you, you see something like this, something like uh, this, and this is called the mezuzah. Mezuzah. And on it, it may be written, um, engraved, sculpted, or the, the, the image on the right, okay, it's a tube-like thing that contains the mezuzah. It contains the Shema, the, that, the, the verse, you shall love the Lord your God. And this is the same uh, promise, commandment that they drill on their kids, you know. Scripture, scripture uh, exhorts the Jews, and during that time, that's what they did. They put it in boxes, and they, put, and they will put it on their kids so that the kid, kid, their kids will never, never forget. And that's how Jesus did it. Hmm? 
That's how Jesus did it. Isn't he just wise? That's why he is the son of God. So you're tra trying to trap him? So he, he quoted the Shema. Okay? And uh, so, again, they were, they were silenced. But, but Jesus was talking about loving the Lord your God, loving the Lord your God with all your heart, all your strength, all your mind. But I guess Jesus was not yet done. Jesus quoted this, and Jesus really, really tried to drive a point according to how Matthew recalled the, the series of events. Um, but, and here's, here's what Matthew is trying to inf uh, uh, communicate to us. And, and I guess this is, this is what Jesus was trying to communicate to us. Jesus, Jesus wasn't done yet. So we will continue. Jesus gave that first commandment, but he coupled it with another one. In verse 39, a second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. Jesus was saying, love the Lord your God, but it has an attachment to it. It has an addendum. You have to love God, and that is not enough. You have to love your neighbors. Love God and love your neighbors. Loving God and loving others were two sides of one coin. And this is what Jesus was trying to communicate. Loving God and loving others. It has to be both. You cannot love God if you don't love others. Because scripture says that if you cannot love one another, we cannot love one another, the people that we see. How can we love God, someone that we don't see? Someone that we don't see. So, so it's, it's, it's one side of a coin. You cannot take one and not do the others. And brothers and sisters, um, loving God and loving others, there's two sides of one coin. And you know what? You cannot love God without loving others. You cannot love God without loving others. And, and you know why? You know why you need to do the two things? It is because vertical love and horizontal love must go together to form the cross. I'll say it again. Vertical love and horizontal love must go together to form the cross. You have to love God. Praise Him. Worship Him. Come to the feast. But we're teaching here in the feast, in LOJ, that that is not enough. You need to love your neighbors. You need to love other people. Your vertical should also be connected to the horizontal. And you cannot fulfill that by doing just one thing. It has to be together. Now, my question is, who is my neighbor? Who is my neighbor? Jesus answered this by sharing a story about about a group of people that were outcasts during that time, and I'm talking about the Samaritans, okay? Um, Jesus told them about the story of uh, the, the Samaritans, okay? So there was a Samaritan, there was a, a, a man who was 
manhandled who was uh, uh, beat up and uh, he was on the side of the road and then a Jewish priest, a Levite, passed by and did not touch the Samaritan because a Samaritan is not even allowed to go into the temple. A Samaritan is, is, a Samaritan is considered uh, an outcast. A Samaritan is considered as someone who's been ex who you know is equal to excommunicated, and and they did not want to have anything to do with the Samaritan. But the Samaritan was bloody. That's the Samaritan was beat up and he had wounds. All the more they did not want to touch him because if he said they, they consider him an unclean man, and if they touched the unclean blood, they themselves would be unclean. They themselves would be unclean. But but Jesus shared this story to drive a point that this person is your neighbor. This person is your neighbor. And 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 Jesus will will greatly define who our neighbor is. And Jesus will radically change the idea of loving our neighbor. The Jews and the Levite they were experts in vertical love, but failures in horizontal love. They, they knew how to love God, and they gave God the highest praise. But they were not practicing it on the horizontal plane. And therefore, it's incomplete. Are you getting what I'm saying? Are you getting what I'm saying? That's why here at the feast, brothers and sisters, we try to serve our brothers, our sisters, who need to feel God's love, who need to physically feel God's love. They are our neighbors. They are our neighbors. And, and Jesus said that, whatever you do to the least of my brothers, you do unto me. And, and, and our neighbors, we consider those around us who are suffering as our neighbors. So, who are our neighbors? Our neighbors are those who are around us, especially those who are suffering. Especially those who are suffering. When I started preaching, um, when I started attending the prayer meetings, and I had an understanding of what is required to become a leader, to become a, 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 a pastor, to become a someone who would take care of a flock, a shepherd. And, and uh, there was a time when we just focused on, including Light of Jesus, ha, Kasalian, there was a time that we were just focused on the ABC. The attendance, baptism, and collection. I'm just being honest with you. We're talking about attendance. We're talking about how many people attended. And that was how we counted before. How many people attended? How many people came? And then we... Uh, we talked about uh, the baptisms. How many people came? How many people received Jesus Christ? How many people turned their lives over to God? And, uh, and finally, we were also talking about collection because it's reality that you need money to do things like this. That's why we always exhort you to give. But there was a time that that, was the only, that, that were the only things that we thought of. But now we've changed because we realized that our vertical love is good, but to complete it so, uh, so that we will have a cross, the cross of Christ, we need to practice 
are horizontal love. And uh, are, you, are you getting what I'm saying? That's why here in the feast, we, we help people who are suffering. Churches, friends, this is what, one of the things that we learned. Churches should not only count how many people come on a Sunday, but how many people go out and serve the wounded and broken from Monday to Saturday. As I always say, Sunday, when we meet on Sundays, when we meet for our services, it's just a reminder that we have a mission out there. That we have a mission out there. And we believe in the light of Jesus' family now in the feasts that our back door should be as big as our front door because we change the way we count our attendance. We change the way we considered our wins. Today, we, not, we don't think about the seating capacity that's being filled. We're talking about the sending capacity. Are we helping other people? We should be sending out people so that all the people that we send out should be the ones who take care of people who are suffering. That's why in the feast, we just reactivated our Light of Jesus Disaster Recovery Ministry. For every disaster that happens in our country, whether it's a storm, an earthquake, or a pandemic, we are always there. We will always help the people who are in need. If we ask, get, get help, um, uh, requests for, for assistance, maybe it may be in the north or in the south, we will be there because the feasts, they're all over the Philippines. And as a feast, we have this little acts of love, little acts of love by the feast. The feasts, little acts of love. And this is how we serve one another. This is how we serve our brethren who are called the least, the last, and the lost. And churches, the feasts, should not only count their collection, but count how much of their collection goes to the suffering people in society. That's why I thank you for being generous because of your generosity because of how you've given, we're able to help other people. The feasts. Even now in the pandemic, we, did, we haven't stopped helping people. We haven't stopped helping people, sending help to people who, uh, who need oxygen, who need uh, medicine for COVID, who need assistance in hospitalization. And, and, and we've, we've really redefined the way we, we, we consider and think about our money. Finance. We need to serve the suffering and we need to love. That's why it's love versus love, loving God and loving others. There has to be a balance, friends. There has to be a very good balance between these. And this is a real definition of someone who is close to God. Someone who is makadios and someone who is makatao. And incidentally, this coming elections, that's all I'm going to say. Choose someone who loves God and loves others. That person is going to be the best leader for our country. And this is not about politics. This is how God wants it. Choose someone who loves God and loves others. Choose someone who will be an example of helping others and fulfilling their mission and their call and the call in their lives by loving others.
choose someone who will help you remember that God is waiting for you there. That God is waiting for you on the other side. And this is our call for today. And I want to end by exhorting everyone to think about where God is calling you. And once you've found out, they say that there are only two things, important things in the life of a person, the day that he was born and the day that he realized that he realized why he was born. Two, two, two dates, the day you were born and the day you realized why you were born. Remember this. God wants you to love God, love Him, and love others. And if you haven't done that, remember this. God is waiting for you there. Let me pray for you. Father in heaven, we come before you and ask that in a very special way, you will move in our lives. That in a very special way, O oh Lord God, you will just make it so clear to us what we need to do so that we can continue to love you. And not just that, Lord God, so that we can continue loving and serving our brothers and sisters. Father, may the intensity and the passion and the strength and, 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 and the, 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 the heat of our love for you, O oh God, extend to our love for others, our love for our brothers and sisters. What is it that we do? What are we doing to help others? What are we doing to help ease the suffering of other people? What are we doing to help ease the suffering of our brethren? Many times we don't even have to look far away because within our households, because within our community, we can find people, aside from family, who need our help. And as we open our hearts to to, to helping others, O oh God, I pray that you just touch us with your generosity, O oh Lord God, so that we may have an example of how it is really to be generous, how it is really to love. After all, generosity is loving and serving and helping our brothers and sisters who are suffering. This we want to do, O oh God, for your greater glory. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Subscribe to Feast Radio and open yourself to God's grace. For more podcasts like these, visit feast.ph radio.